0: There's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me, Three Steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started.
1: I've been told millions of times, you are so happy and bubbly. Well, if I'm not, then I'm sad and depressed, and I definitely don't want to be sad and depressed. So being happy makes my mind think that I can do anything
0: Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters' stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. My guest today is Tiffany Groff. I'm your host, Susan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. Now, if you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing utensil with needle and thread attached at high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events that I host on my YouTube channel, also called Stitched by Susan. They're on the first and third Friday of every month. And they are usually one project from start to finish in real time, and they're streamed live. So they're interactive, meaning you can ask questions and get answers about a project while I'm working on it. So I invite you to join me there again the first and third Friday of every month. The quilting community, as I'm sure you already know, is so diverse, so colorful, and supportive. So I invite you to listen in as we meet a new quilter each week and hear their stories. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by... The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to Pins and Needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. Have you thought about making your creative space reflect your personality? Today's guest did her first YouTube episode of filming herself updating, making colorful her wheelchair because she felt like she wanted a space that reflected her personality and wasn't a plain black chair. That was very remarkable and a lot of people have chosen to follow her for that, but maybe you can do it in smaller ways. How about painting your working surface or having a peacock blue chair to sit in? I know in my studio, I have a retro pressed tin 50s era trash can, and it's a small thing, but that's a little thing in my studio that is not typically thought of as pretty, but it kind of makes me smile even when I'm tossing my trash. So make your workspace reflect who you are. You know, I love my coffee. In fact, I've got a fresh pot brewing right now. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you are able to make a one-time contribution or sign up for a monthly one if you so desire. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. Tiffany Groff knows all about the therapeutic qualities of quilting. She has MS and at one point was wheelchair bound. Quilting became her passion, her motivation, her joy. And these days she shares all of these on her YouTube channel. It's very casual, often impromptu, and a little bit scrappy like Tiffany herself. Let's welcome her. Welcome, Tiffany. I am so happy to have you in the studio today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Really looking forward to this. I've been following you on YouTube for a while. That's where I first, air quotes, met you. And you've got this most awesome show there. But maybe before we get into that, tell me kind of some of the things that led up to that. What got you started into quilting? Is this a lifelong passion? A relatively new one? How does that look?
1: Well, about almost seven years ago, I was in a wheelchair because I have multiple sclerosis, and well. I got I get bored got very very bored and I needed something to do and I was you know scouring the internet and I saw a quilt and I was like oh I could do that I have a sewing machine so I pulled out this brother sewing machine that I have had it my I don't know my mom gave it to me when I was younger and it's like a 1982 little brother machine and I pulled it out I didn't even know how to thread it I forgot over the years you know loaded some thread in it and I cut up some sheets and made a quilt off of just looking at a picture
0: wow So
1: kind of the 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 passion in quilting was because that whole time it took you know learning how to do that it got me out of my wheelchair I mean it didn't come quick it it took a couple years but it definitely like it distracted me so much so that I was able to get up and walk again
0: I love that. How powerful that something. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. How powerful. So yeah. maybe maybe tell us a little bit because many of us don't know like maybe what makes your days look different than mine? What extra things do you need to do or watch out for or how how does it look? Um
1: uh, i get up every morning it takes me a little bit to get out of bed because overnight sleeping is a uh, kind of a hassle on my body my legs going it's like anybody else when you sit on your foot and your leg goes numb okay well that happens every night as i sleep because you know you're stuck in one position and my body don't naturally know to flip over once i am out so my legs go numb so it takes me a minute to get up and out of bed and then i just kind of do my day. I don't, I'm not on any medications right now for my multiple sclerosis. So I kind of just go with it. And I come straight in here into my quilting room and I just have fun.
0: I just love it. It's pretty much the
1: same as everyone else's.
0: It's so interesting. Lots of people say quilting is my therapy. I think Angela Walters maybe coined that phrase, but you say quilting is the best therapy. So I'm curious, have you tried other therapies that have been less effective?
1: Uh, no, I just do quilting and I make bags.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm with you on that. It's all about the quilting. What else is there?
1: (laughs) Uh, I swim. Swimming is my other therapy. Every summer I look forward to having my pool for the exercises. I have a little like 12 foot round pool and it's like 36 inches high maybe. And I go in there and I do my exercises with water weights and stretching because it's very good to stretch If I don't, keep stretching or moving, then I get achy and stiff and sore. So I do the stretching there. And then I have a friend who's a quilter. And she says, use it the pool anytime you want. So I go over to her house and I do laps in her pool and the other stretching that I can't do in the little pool. So that's my other 100% therapy. So quilting and swimming. Those are my two things.
0: Love it. Love it. So what is your You know, I know our listeners can't see this, but I'm seeing the wall behind you, and you've got all kinds of interesting things, maybe idea boards and things like that behind you. I'm curious what what is your personal style of quilting, and then you know, has that changed over the years that you've been doing it? Is that always evolving?
1: Yes, the the style is definitely always evolving for sure. Um, I don't have a design board or anything; I use the floor when I need to for big blocks. (laughs) So I still sit down on the floor, crawl around and lay things out. But I definitely move things around all the time. I like everything as easy, accessible as possible because I never know when I'm going to be in an attack and I can't reach these things. So I have to have it, you know, low enough for me to reach. And then I keep the things I don't use on a daily basis up and out of the way. It's, it's definitely evolved. The room has definitely evolved. I, I started in a garage. This is definitely a lot better being inside the house than out in the garage and everything is right where I need it. Easy access and it makes it easier.
0: So you've kind of thought that all through. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm really curious because I'm a YouTuber too, but a a kind of different style than you have. But how does that setup work in your studio? Do you just have, you know, an iPhone basically that's sort of set up in front of you filming because you do very impromptu and very casual um, streaming, which I just love. Tell us more about it.
1: Yes. I am a very impromptu person. It's my, let's just say it's the disease that says when I can and when I can't do something. So like live streaming just happens when it happens. There's no schedule except for Mm -hmm. my so Sundays on my channel. But then everything I do on those videos is also just improv. I I have something in my head and oh, I need to put that together. And I put it together right there in front of everybody. It's everything in my life is improv. It just happens when it happens. There's no schedule. Although my husband keeps saying that I need a schedule.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's working. And you you mentioned in your in some of your about comments and you're on your um, YouTube channel that you're an insomniac. And so some of these things, either you're Mm -hmm. doing them in the middle of the night or perhaps recording in the middle of the night. I don't know that I've watched any of those yet. But I think there's people that really relate to that, that feel the same way. You know, my head gets busy and I can't sleep and Why don't I go quilt?
1: (laughs) Yep, exactly. And my nighttime, because I can't, now that I'm in the house, I can't sew in the middle of the night because my husband actually sleeps on the wall on the other side of my quilting room. And my Juki, well, everybody knows that Jukis are a loud machine. (laughs) So I can't sew and I can't long arm either because, again, that's in the room that he sleeps in. So I can't do that in the middle of the night. So what I do is I come in here and I organize scraps. I am a scrap quilter all the way, so I have lots and lots of scraps. So I organize those. I sit in the iron and press and press and press until everything's nice and flat and folded properly so I can put it away. And that's pretty much what I do in the middle of the night.
0: Love it. So give give us some idea of what your scrap organization looks like. Do you just mean sorting or do you actually cut things into frequently used sizes or what are some of your favorites? I,
1: I cut into frequently used sizes. So I have bins in my room. If anybody has ever watched my YouTube channel, I have bins. I've showed a few times. Um, like when I was doing my 25 patch block series, I have bins from one inch two inch, one inch, one and a half inch, two inch, two and a half inch, three, three and a half, so on and so forth. And then it, Stops at five and goes to eight and a half, which I don't really cut very often, but hey, if I can get an eight and a half inch square, I will. And then 10 inch squares. And then anything bigger than that, I usually, if it's a fat quarter's worth or almost a fat quarter's worth, I'll fold it into the fat quarter bundle bin and make my own bundles. And the I'm trying to think. I have bins where if it's a fat quarter or bigger, and I don't want to cut it into a fat quarter. I actually fold those scraps up and I put them in. And it's kind of hard to describe this because I'm not able to show it, but I fold them up really nicely. And I have bins where I kind of stack them all in the bin. And anytime I need like an extra piece of fabric, because it matches and I Mm -hmm. cut something wrong, I can go into that bin and go, Oh, hey, I have this and it goes in those bins. And I have like six of them.
0: (laughs) So is it kind of of like the closet storage idea where the fold side is always up so you can see all the things they're all visible, right? That makes really good sense.
1: They're in the drawers with the fold side up so that I can
0: see them all. Mm-hmm. And I expect arranged by color. Yes. Are you a organizing no. by a rainbow person or no? No,
1: I don't see rainbow. If it's all in order, then I can't find the perfect red. If it's scattered, I see that red just pops right out at me because it's mixed How in with the blues and green. So I can't I can't put anything in color order that just messes with my mind. <laughs>
0: How interesting, because I definitely am a rainbow order person. And so I I go to the reds, and then I run my piece that I'm matching up and down them. Isn't that funny how our minds see that differently?
1: Yeah, it is. So
0: interesting. So you mentioned in passing that you did a 25 patch series. Um, Tell me more about that. What's a 25 patch series? What are some of the quilts that resulted from that?
1: Okay, so two and a half inch squares, if you take 25 of them, that makes a 25 patch block and it comes okay. out 10 and a half inches. I did a series that has 90 different, 90 different blocks, all from two and a half inch squares. Oh my. I turned them into triangles, I turned them into strips, like, you know, like a churn dash, how it has the dashes. Well, I use, you know, the two and a half inch squares, cut them down in one and a half inch strips, hooked them together and, you know. There's 90 different blocks, and I did all those on video. So many people have told me over the time that it spanned three years. Why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book? Put these all in a book. I am not a writer. <laughs> I cannot you know write a book.
0: I think that's okay. Like you, you're impromptu. That's your that's your um, comfy zone, and that's what yep. we love about you. So I think that's totally okay. Stick with the medium that suits you, and do it. That's where you shine.
1: Yep. And so the, I, I drew all those out on my own and I put them in a book. They're all the little colorings with colored pencils on paper. It started out with graph paper and then I ended up going to a neighbor's and printing up a bunch of like bigger pieces of paper. That way I could color the blocks so that the fans can see it better. And I just sat and every now and then I came up with a new idea and drew it down and colored it in and
0: made a video. Have you done other series like that? That was the
1: that was it, so far. I plan to do another one, though.
0: I've heard other quilters say that in fact, a couple of recent guests that I've had have said it too that this this coming around and around and around in some sort of series and taking the same basic idea and just exploring in all different directions with it they find to be super creative. And the fact that you thought of 90 different designs, I feel like really illustrates that. Did you find that too, that at the beginning you had no idea some of those ideas were out there? You didn't set out to design 90, I'm assuming?
1: No. And actually I designed more than 90. I had to stop at 90 because they turn out 10 and a half inches and the quilt is king size now.
0: (laughs) Oh, so these all went into one quilt. I didn't even capture that.
1: Yep. So it's all one quilt. I actually Uh did a video on putting the quilt together, just live streamed it and put them all together into one big, huge quilt. And I seriously, seriously, am not good at math. So I kept telling everybody, it's going to be queen size. It's going to be queen size. And it turned out king size. (laughs) So I'm going to be putting a king size on my queen size bed. But hey, you know what? It's three years in the making. I'm quilting it finally next week.
0: And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to go on my bed. Absolutely. So it's not only scrappy as to fabric, but it's sampler as to blocks too, right?
1: Yep. It's both.
0: Awesome. So it
1: probably... It probably has, I don't know, at least 400 different fabrics in it.
0: Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's
1: that scrappy.
0: I love that. On your YouTube channel, You have you been doing that for all of these seven years that you've been quilting or what kind of prompted starting that?
1: Well, when I was in my wheelchair in the beginning, this was five years ago, um, I was in my wheelchair and I wanted to make over my wheelchair. I was tired of the plain black and I wanted something that suits me. And I'm a little wild and colorful and like bright colors and just, I'm different. And I used to ride a motorcycle. So I needed something that kind of just, you know, set off who I am and I'm stuck in a wheelchair. So I decided that I would make a video on how to redo the wheelchair. And that kind of, I mean, it didn't really take off, take off, not in YouTube terms, but in my mind, you know, 300 views. Wow, that many people wanted to see how to remake a wheelchair if You know, recover it. that's the
0: first it. one you were doing, that is wow, that is. Yeah, so I uploaded that video
1: and for me, I call that viral when you don't have any videos and that's your first video, that was my little viral video. And I was like, well, if I can get views off of this, what if I do my quilting on the videos? So I did a second video of my ruler secret where I put hot glue gun on the backside of all my fussy cutting rulers. And that got like 7,000 views. So that was like, oh, well, if people are watching this, I'll make another. So I just kept going and it turned into what it is today.
0: <laughs> awesome. So I just pop into your channel from time to time. Approximately, how often do you post in a week?
1: Uh, it depends. Sometimes okay. I'll have two videos in a week. I always post one video a week. That's my live streams on Sundays. Okay. But there's every now and then. I try to get long at least one long arm video a week, and that's a pre-recorded video. So it's, it's just showing me long arm quilting. Cool there's actually no sound of the machine or anything. I remove all the sound and just put music in. And you soothingly watch the machine move while listening to music.
0: And even that can be therapeutic, can't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I rewatch my own videos just so that I can get, you know, calm and rested in bed. And I just turn it on on the TV because the music's on. And I just watch my machine move around until I fall asleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's something so rhythmic about it. And that is soothing. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, Do you have so we talked about the 25 patch and the series. Do you have other like components that you're exploring? Do you have repetitive themes maybe is a better word for for your episodes? You've mentioned the Sunday one, um, which is always live streaming, but you do some about opening mail, don't you? Is that kind of a regular or is that just a one-off here and there? So I
1: I opened one package of mail on on a live stream and I thought, Nobody's gonna watch this, but whatever, I'll put it on there. But my viewers started going up and the subscribers started going up. So one day out of the blue, somebody emailed me and said, hey, that's really cool. You should open more boxes. I like the way you do that. So I was like, okay, I should. So I opened another one and then it got more views and then I opened another one. So anytime I get mail, I try to just do that once a week though. I definitely don't try to overwhelm my fans with other fans that send me fabric all the time. Because I don't ask for it. They just send it because they know I like scraps and I use them and I I'll use them in a video. So they get to see what they've sent me pretty much used in a video here, there and
0: anytime <laughs> at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Love
1: that. So I just started opening the mail. I don't do any unboxings or any of that other kind of stuff. That's not my avenue for, you know, because I don't get subscription. Well, I do. I can't say that I don't because now I do. I get one subscription box, but I don't I didn't. And I really don't want to be the unboxing girl. I want to be the working with scraps and having fun and just improv everything girl.
0: <laughs> I think you've really hit on something because it's it's just a little different than what most people are doing. And that's what piques our interest. That is certainly what caught my eye when I first found your channel. It's it's that little bit different. And your personality certainly shines through. And it's it's fantastic. That's what we connect with. That's so good.
1: I've been told millions of times, you are so happy and bubbly. Well, if I'm not, then I'm sad and depressed and I definitely don't want to be sad and depressed. So being happy makes my mind think that I can do anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all admiration. I think that you've, you've just demonstrated what choices can do in your life Mm -hmm. and all of us have one way and another for one reason and another, something that's very, very hard, but we still get to choose. We still get yep. to choose, yeah. It's remarkable. So, where are you going from here, Tiffany? What are you going to do next?
1: I don't know. Just continue what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just i I plan to do another block series. I have EQ8, and I've been little by little trying to put it in there, but I don't know how to use the program. I am not technology inclined at it's, all. It's That's complex. why I, It's complex. I do everything from my cell phone. Yeah. I film from my cell phone. I did edit from my cell phone, but now I edit from a computer because I finally invested in a computer. But everything else technology-wise, I, I stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I don't know where to go, how to do it and I just I learn it, but it takes a while. So I'm learning EQ8 so that I can at least make my videos a little bit more presentable and have patterns because it's going to be hard to color on paper. The next set of blocks because they're going to be a little bit more challenging.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So I need it in a program, and well, that's going to take a while.
0: <laughs> and maybe somewhere down the road, one, maybe one of your fans, you know, will be interested in in assisting, and that would be one avenue is to have someone do some of that legwork. Um, yeah, one of my fans actually did. That's awesome. In my
1: Facebook group, she actually took every single one of the blocks from all the videos of the 9025 patch block blocks and she took all of those and turned them into a little PDF diagram.
0: Wow. So Yep,
1: and she posted them after the videos were uploaded.
0: So circling back around, then really a book would not be out of the question. It just means nope, not all the there. details have to be from your head. You don't have to do all that polishing. You've done the ideas. Yeah. They're all in place already. Very cool. Yep. I was going to ask you, now you've kind of answered it. I was going to ask if some of your ideas come from feedback from the people that are watching and, you know, you kind of springboard off their ideas. Does that happen quite a bit?
1: Yes. Well, a lot of my fans or the people that watch my videos are beginners, which I aim for beginners. I try not to do hard. I did one really hard one, on camera and showed people how to put it together. And that was a Mariner's compass. Mm -hmm. And well, let's just say that didn't go over very well because my fans are beginners. So I keep every, I never, I feel weird because I never get to advance myself, even though I have, I've way advanced, but I never get to advance myself on camera because the viewers don't watch the advanced stuff. They want the beginner friendly, super easy, take a two hour long video and make the whole quilt in one process minus the quilting. So I, I, I wish I could go further into that, but they just
0: can't. Well, I mean, maybe there's room down the road for a a separate series or something like that, that is, you know, that is so named, but I think that you have, you have just found your people is what you've done, right? You have really found the people that connect and that want to do that kind of work and you show it and in such a um, achievable way. I really, really enjoy that.
1: Yes. I, I try to make everything because I don't write the patterns, you know, I don't go out and I don't know how to... I mean, I do know how to write a pattern. I've, you know, made patterns, but I'm not... I don't have the verbiage uh, on writing. I have it in out loud to yes. just tell you how to do it and let's make it right there in front of you. So that should be good. But if I did write the patterns, it would probably make things a little bit easier, obviously, for other
0: people. Well, I mean, that's a whole other skill set too, the graphics and all the things that have to be done for that. And I think the The style of piecing that you do lends itself toward um you know, sort of doing the mental math and figuring as you go. and that is a skill set that I think is really important for quilters because I think people are kind of scared of quilty math, you know if you make oh, yeah. if you make two half square triangles out of a block, you know what size are you going to end up with or what do I need to start with to achieve this size or all those sorts of things? and you just work yep. your way through that in such a Um, unthreatening sort of way and make that doable and reachable. I think that's a really important skill.
1: Yep. And I make sure everything is 100% verbal and visual as best as I could possibly describe it. So I I think that that goes over quite well in the YouTube world, at least As, as verbal as you can possibly be and as visual. So if you show every step while you're talking about it at the same exact time, I think a lot of people are learning more that way than any other way.
0: Yes. I mean the best teachers have always said show don't tell. So there is really something about I mean you're you're also telling verbally but show don't just write it that makes yep. it e- easy to follow, easy to follow. Yep. I'm a
1: start to finish quilter so I like to I like to record from the very first cut all the way to sometimes I try to get the long arm in there but I at least try to get the whole entire quilt top in one video. That it helps people see that it doesn't really Take that much time or effort. It it really is a simple process. And they are in fast forward. But, you know, time lapse is just as good as any to see the whole entire top come together in one video.
0: Right. Right. And some of the steps are repetitive. So you don't have to watch everyone in real time. Right. So that enables. Yeah. But I, I so agree with you. That seeing of the whole process, I feel like is beneficial. And I take the same approach with my streaming of my long arm quilting. They're long, too. Yep. Um, because it, it takes time. But instead of just showing highlights of quilting a project, I show the whole thing. So if the thread breaks, it's in there. If I run out of batting and have to splice it, it's in there. So that can be really helpful to people, I think. Do you find the same thing?
1: Yes. And I have the same problem with you. When I... When I'm on the long arm and I do that on live stream, everyone, and it's funny because it only happens on live stream. It doesn't happen when it's off camera. The thread breaks, everything, everything goes wrong. There's a tangle, a needle break. I don't know. just something happens. So they get to see everything that happens in real life, you know, on camera, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah. I think watchers really appreciate that, especially in the beginner world, because they need to know what to do when that sort of stuff happens and, and we show them. So.
1: Yep, it works.
0: Well, this has been so fun talking with you, Tiffany. I wonder before I go, if you've got any little gem that you'd like to leave with our listeners. It can be um, about life or it can be about quilting or anything that you'd like, a thought that you'd like to leave with us.
1: Stay away from frustration. Quilting is fun. It's meant Mm. to be fun. It's meant to be therapeutic. It's meant to be something of beauty to pass on to somebody else to love and and just get joy from it you know cover up and stay warm don't get frustrated take your time have fun with it if you cut something wrong find another piece of fabric and cut it again you know it just enjoy the process because frustration leads to depression and depression leads to not going back into your quilting room and we have these rooms for a reason to enjoy ourselves
0: so good couldn't agree more Well, thanks ever so much for taking the time to be with me. Um, I will put links. I'll put links in the show notes to your YouTube channel and the other places that folks can find you. Any last Mm -hmm. words you want to say? Well, I think I've said it all. (laughs) And so well. (laughs) Thanks again, Tiffany. Talk to you again. Oh, no problem. Yes. That's a wrap. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on the listening app of your choice? And please, please do share this episode with your friends that you think would enjoy it. I'd love to hear from listeners who'd like to nominate a crafter with a story to tell. If you know such a person, or you are one, email me at info at So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.